We go for a couple of minutes. Uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do a show. Let's do a show, man. Want, are you sure? Yeah, it's it's the Mother's Too Day late. show. It's the Mother's Day show. Well, see, but then it's always Mother's Day. Yeah, try telling that to moms. I just did. Yeah, you did. All of them that listen. They don't buy it? I don't know. Maybe not. There is a new movie uh, that's coming out called Bad Moms. Have you seen the, pre- the trailer for that? No. It's done by the guys that did The Hangover, so it's... Bradley Cooper and Drew. No, yes, yes. It's, <laughs> it's guys... They're, uh, the guys are wearing their uh, Bud Light uh, women's dresses from the yeah. old Bud Light commercials because, you know, we should just rehash shit. Oh, dude, yeah. Welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. I'm uh, Brian Irwin. I'm John Huck. You know, if you didn't remember, to, if you didn't do that, I would never do it. Do what thing? Introduce us. That's my job. I, yeah, I guess. In, 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 the, in, the, in the world of, of roles, when it comes to this stuff, because, you know, we, we run a little bit like a radio show. We're not your traditional podcast. We've... We figured a few things out, but that's how you do it. One guy's kind of the nuts and bolts, and the other guy's the color commentator. You're full of color. I take care of the ins and outs. <laughs> I do. I, remember, I did some ins and outs once. Did you? No. Oh. Is this the farthest we've gotten? <laughs> well, I noticed you're enjoying your new coffee. Guys, I'm a... Oh, listeners, you should know this. Uh, I'm a coffee guy now. I'm a coffee guy now. Brought my own coffee in a travel mug. Got a travel mug for my birthday. So I was like, yeah, I'm a coffee guy. Can now. I ask you a question? Do you got a travel mug for your birthday because you needed a travel mug? Or that was like, this is, is this, you know, have you ever heard the term bitching in prison? Uh, yeah. Where well, they slowly, like, they try yes, to, they, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Where they slowly, like, one day they touch you on the shoulder, and the next day they're touching you in the back. Next day getting you used to, yes, you, getting you used like, to. I guess we're dating now. Yeah, getting, hi, mom and dad, if you're listening on Mother's Day special <laughs> episode, but. The, the the point is that they uh, they're trying to get you comfortable before they make you their lady person in prison, right? So is this part of um, what we call marriage bitching? So it's no, like she's like, no, oh, you know what I really dude. like John to be? No, I like to guy? be John a yeah, coffee John guy. John doesn't have enough problems. He needs to add caffeine and <sighs> no, sugar. No, 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 no. She wants you to be a she wants you to be a tumbler husband. Not, yeah. She wants you to carry around a tumbler. Yeah. <laughs> makes you feel like a he's heading out to some some jobs with no. his tumbler. No, there he goes off into the sunset into his jobs with this. You going to jobs? You having your jobs, honey? Do your jobs. Well, you are wearing dicky shorts. I wear dicky pants. You wear dicky shorts. So oh, we're, yeah, we're both dude. we're both trying to convince our, our loved ones that yeah, oh, shit's about the, to go down this today. Is to some fool serious thinking that I have a labor job of some kind that well, I'm with your off tumbler. To. Yeah, oh, babe, where's my lunch? Put it in my lunch pail. I gotta go <laughs> out to the work day. I gotta go sit in a beam somewhere high up so where's somebody can take a black hat? and white foot <laughs> footage photo from high above. Ah, my suspenders are broken. An iconic photograph. No. uh, You know there's a a guy that fell off of a beam downtown. Yeah. And and they were like, he fell. It turns out, no, he didn't fall. Well, no, he, he, wasn't even, he wasn't supposed to be up there. The people said it sounded like a bag of wet cement. Well, didn't really want to go to the closing statements on that. I was more talking about the fact that everybody had, and he, that's she, that fear, right? He but landed he, on a chick's car yeah, who was from that. Milwaukee. And she was in the car, correct? And she not, was in the car, and she basically is in therapy right now. Well, like she's, you know, like... I mean, come on, right? That's pretty... That's To me, that's super rude. Of course like, it is. Well, I, I'm sure he wasn't really thinking about her at that time. Well, no, but my point is you're not... That's I the mean, world's largest jelly donut, if by you, the way, to land on a... Because, right, that's really what it boils down to, right? It's like a jelly donut. What do you mean? <laughs> what? I mean, Did you see the elevator thing? Oh, my God. The, yeah. Oof, so duh. my point is, like... Anyway. Oh, let's bring in our guest. Yeah, he's getting confused right now. <laughs> I, I, maybe I shouldn't have said this is a Mother's Day episode. 
It's not. Well, People basically, I did. Want it's to, not a Mother's Day episode. I did want to say that if my mom does listen to this episode, that you know, we know it. We confirm that your mom thank listens. Thank you for being a mom. <laughs> Travel. I don't have any more. Anyway, lyrics, but, so back to yeah. the Tumblr because we don't want to get gross here. But my, but you know. Oh no! So uh, for my birthday, which uh, was last week, thanks was for recent, asking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, no, no. You got plenty of congrats on Facebook. I that's did. how. I that's did. how everyone judges their self worth. Well, but I took my birthday off, so it's only the people that really know when my birthday. Do you is. compare? Do you count the amount of happy birthdays because it actually gives you a running total? And do no. you compare it against someone who may have taken a picture of some food and got more likes? No, I okay, do not. Just I want to make no. sure. That's why I took my name off because only the. Now, what do you mean you take your name off? Or my my date off the my birthday off. Out of Facebook, so, it doesn't so you have to know me. you. Yeah, you have to know me. So, which is nice. I still get I still get plenty of people that say happy birthday, and other people see that and they say happy birthday. But at least I don't have five thousand happy birthdays clogging my feed when I don't know. You know what I mean? When I don't know, you're like, a happy birthday guy. Thousand. You'll say it to people you don't know. I, so say I, it to I everybody. I say it to everybody. I phase. I, I can't. I don't know if I should say happy birthday to people I really don't like passively I kind of feel like it may be an insult I don't don't know Joe you're here thoughts oh yeah guys our guest our guest today is is a negative it's either all or nothing Joe yeah. Roderick, everybody. You mean you're you're either into saying happy birthday to everybody, or you, you're not. You either go John or you go me. You say no. Th- and he you, says it to everybody. I say it to nobody. Now, do you feel like some people are going? Why didn't Joe say happy birthday to me? Fuck that guy. Uh, I would love I'll, to find one person who's like, man, everything was great. My day was going well. <laughs> But Joe didn't say happy birthday to me on Facebook. There so. are people who do that. I do think about that, like right after See? my birthday. <coughs> July, so my birthday is July 13th, July okay, 14th. Everybody. So, so get, don't get, forget. Get your pens. Write it down. Yeah. Uh, drink water. So yeah, if I see somebody's birthday July 14th and they wish me a happy birthday, I'll feel a little obligated to me. I better wish them a happy birthday. But I don't. I yeah. stick okay. to my guns. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good for you. Screw everybody's So birthday. you still send cards with, in cursive to people if you really care. Yeah, it's on okay. construction paper. It's Calligraphy. not an actual card. You fold it. Yeah, you, it's make, you make your own card. So you can cut a little thing in the middle, and it becomes like a pop-out penis? card. Do you oh, remember that? Oh, oh I thought well. you put a penis in the middle of it. You can't if they're adult cards. Happy birthday, <laughs> love Joe again. These are door. These are more door-to-door cards, <laughs> or bathroom-to-bathroom cards, if you will. Joe Hole. Wait, why did you say door-to-door? Well, because you what? I had a door-to-door massage business that I used to do. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. Well, we'll get to that later. <laughs> I don't believe you because you came in wearing a Breathe Right strip on your nose. Yeah. By the way, it, we're, and not, you made we're it, not really sure what to make of that. You know what reminded me of that? First off, it's good to see you really want to breathe. Like you're really into you're breathing. Into it, you're dude. so into breathing that you're going to breathe right. Get some, dude. Here's the thing. You, you, weren't, you, you weren't. There was no sport happening at this moment, oh, and dude, you weren't well, taking a nap. So I'm not quite. Sh- in his defense, he didn't know. I, I he didn't I, know I, if this was a game I, I or a podcast. Like, dude, do you want to come over and do Hollywood Anonymous? And he was like, "Are you talking about the one-on-one game, the two-on-three? Are you talking about the podcast? What are we talking?" I did offer you half of it. I said it's only halfway done, John. You can yeah. have the rest of my breathing. Which yes. no one does these anymore. But do you guys remember the Biore uh, uh, blackhead strips you could put on your nose that look like breathe rights? And you could you put it on there, and then you pull it off, and it pulls all your blackheads off your nose. There was it was like a big phase in the '90s where everybody was doing it. Uh, I never you, had like. Sadly, I was part of that phase where I was I was managing a band at the time, and, oh, we, all, yeah. and we were all we were all wearing them on the road. And like we were taking them off, and like because we were so bored, we'd see who was pulling off the most blackheads. Ah, like this is the saddest. Like gross. a lot of people were like their phases are. We're all wearing trucker hats. We were all wearing Biore nose puller things. <laughs> Sponsored whatever. by yeah. Clearasil. Yeah, were you guys? Were you guys sponsored? 
No. God, no. We were barely noticed. You know who I, I want? Sticking with the theme of my life. Continue. I was going to say, I want to... Oh, well, I would like to finish this. The, yeah. The, Back the, to the, the tumbler. Oh, yeah. Explain yourself. <laughs> yeah. Is it called a tumbler or a coffee mug? It's just a, what would it's you a call travel it? mug. I would call travel this a mug. travel, travel mug. mug. Right. Okay. It's a poop scoop. It's a poop scoop. <laughs> I don't scoop poop. Poor poop creator, it. actually, if you put the right Definitely stuff Definitely a poop maker. Um, but no, uh, my... Once again, happy Mother's Day. <laughs> my fiance's uh, brother... So my soon-to-be brother-in-law's wife's mom. Oh Christ! Do I got is came this, out to is this dinner, Common Core? Came out her, his uh, uh, Nicole's brother's birthday is a day before mine. Okay, so we celebrated together. Her mom came down, and we all went to dinner in Long Beach. And Jeremy's wife's mom also came out, and she got me a gift. She got me some Starbucks coffee and a travel mug, and when I, which was super nice because she barely knows me and doesn't have to get me shit and. Uh, I thought that was a really nice gesture. So I was like, yeah, okay. So when I came home, th- there was like, her mom was still in town, so they were making coffee. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'll some coffee. And I put it in my little mug. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then I kind of was like, oh, I know how to make coffee. And then I started making coffee. And now I just put it in this thing. And I'm like, all right, guys, I'm a travel mug guy now. So you didn't used to make coffee. How many coffee? listeners do you think we lost <laughs> with that story? Let's check the cat. Is Let's it, check the cat. Cat did not off during that conversation. Cat is on heroin. My stories are heroin to this cat. Oh, he's sniffing Joe. Uh-huh. What's of, up? You want to breathe right? He distance sniffed you. That, that's how much he's like, yeah, the, yeah. who's this guy? Let's he put a wants strip a, on its nose. He wants he, a notice right. he didn't distance sniff Puck. He's used to Huck's story, so he took a nap mm-hmm. during that mm-hmm. setup. But <laughs> I dare you to try to put a breathe right strip on that cast. Yeah. And see how, well that <laughs> how did Joe die? Well, uh, long story, but he was scratched today. As an animal lover and having animals my whole entire life, the most dangerous domestic animals are cats. When they lose their shit, they lose their shit. Like people are scared of dogs. Like there's certain dogs, and you already know when you see those dogs. Yeah. Don't fuck with those types of dogs. Cats are fucking psychotic. They yeah. will just shred you like a chimpanzee. You know, with the same amount of strength. That's what you get. No matter how small they are, that's when you got to worry and about when they it. They lose you, their you shit. You immediately get like Go tetanus. The, yeah. Yeah. I've seen that video of a, a guy doing a news story on an animal shelter, <laughs> and they're trying to get that cat and the cat adopted. <laughs> And he's like, it's such a cute, adorable cat. Uh, and then the cat like freaks out. Yeah. And then bites onto the guy's balls. Yeah. And just doesn't let go. Yeah. The oh. cat's just swinging from yeah. his balls. Oh, and is that this guy cat screaming? sent me to the emergency room. Balls? You know, he tried to attack the dog. I oh. made the mistake of putting my hand between the two of them. And he just bit my, he just held onto my hand with his mouth. And of course, my hand swelled up immediately. Because there's something in their saliva. That yeah, garbage. Yeah. Garbage. <laughs> garbage. <laughs> they lick poo and buttholes and uh, garbage. Yeah, there's some, there's some truth to that. Cat there's definitely... And I don't care what anybody says. Dogs don't have clean mouths either. Like dogs have cleaner mouths than human beings. Like I don't care. And Joe, why all this is important is because we know you're new to Los Angeles. You probably didn't know any of this stuff before you got here. Because Joe, you know, you're, you're a babe in the you're a babe in the woods. babe in the woods. Right? Basically, one month a, out here. One month. Boof. And I think John and I, full everybody. And I think John would agree. We the, the most important question is what the fuck is the matter with you? Well, why did you come oh. out here? Okay. Why what are you? Who are, who are either a who you're running from? Because you do have a beard, so you're trying to cover up something two um did so, th- why would you be this disillusioned that you could actually accomplish something in this city and three and welcome to the show by the way three does this travel mug make me look fat <laughs> <laughs> start with that one yeah no you look great john why did i do this and were you did you did you see yourself as the prettiest person in your city and now you have no choice but to come out here find out that you're not He's a you 10 are not the prettiest Joe person. Joe is a 10 in Peoria, Illinois. You know, honestly, you John, I am a 9 in Peoria. Dude, <laughs> I wanted job. to bone you the first time I saw you after uh, being there for a day. 
Happy Mother's Day once again. If we could just no, so you're fresh off the boat. This is exciting. What brings you here? And then we're going to go backwards to the fact that you used to sell your penis door to door. Yeah, yeah. You know what it was? It. Uh... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get there. We're going to get to my wiener. Because if we don't, someone's Google search will. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know what it was? It was. Uh, I. Uh, I'm not very good at a lot of things. Okay. I good did. Start. Uh, I was real good. I had, I did a day job. I was a trauma therapist to foster kids for about seven years. Once again, doing doing good things that. for that's, the world, and that, then I think that's a com- that's a commendable a trauma like. Whoa. Fuck. Okay. And so that, that's okay. <laughs> I'm articulate. And then to give, yeah, to get to give that up to pursue something as great as this. No, what it is is uh, when you say pursue something, we should be clear. You came out here because stand up comedy. Got it. All right. So now go back. So yeah. So I've got uh, I've got three brothers, three sisters. And um, they're all successful and doing great things. List a couple things that they do. You don't have to name names. Just some things, occupations that okay, the rest so of your family's into. Okay, so my oldest brother, he was on for a long time. Now he's doing something different. I won't say what he's doing now, but what he used to be doing, he was uh, John Boehner's uh, security detail. Okay. So he would uh, make sure wherever John Boehner was going, a week ahead, he would go there, clear okay. everything, make sure everything was safe. Uh, my sister worked with the CIA for a while. Uh, okay, that's two people that we really can't talk about. Continue. Uh-huh. Uh huh. One of my older brothers, he's a vice president for some. Uh, they help uh, reduce senior citizen fraud. So he's okay, like a six-figure guy. He's like a better call Saul. Uh, my uh, my other older brother, he uh, he's fluent in five different languages. He uh, so he's a spy. Continue. He, I was going to say it sounds like they could all be spies, <laughs> uh-huh. and then Joe's like, I like. Kyle. Are you, you the what? youngest? Uh, I w- no, I was until I was seventeen, and my parents adopted uh, my little sister. So fuck her, right? You know so what I'm fuck saying, her. I'm no longer the baby. Uh, no, it's funny. A lot of people gr- when I was growing up in my small town, I grew up in a town five thousand people, fifteen thousand college students, um, and my dad was an Episcopal priest in the town. But he was also really involved in human rights. And so for a while, he was in the 80s, he was going to the Soviet Union uh, because they were having a lot of issues there. They're doing stop and checks and detaining people. And then he started going over to the Middle East where they were persecuting Christians and killing them by the thousands. And eventually he got to the point where he had to change his name when he would go over to like specifically Egypt, because he was on the watch list for the he all was, them. Well, what we found out after he passed away is that he had a half a million dollar price tag on his head, Whoa. because he would he would he was making the Egyptian government angry because he would go over there and kind of use the U.S. government's muscle to kind of push them around and say, "You got to get let these people go." Yeah, this is. You know, we can go to the UN and we can talk about this, and then maybe we can put some sanctions on you, or you can let these two hundred people go right now. And so, was he successful from time to time, like getting this stuff done? Absolutely. I remember when I was eighteen or nineteen years old, uh, my dad took me all around Capitol Hill, all these different meetings, and I was so pissed off, little fucking oh, dumb just punk eighteen-year-old. Like, yeah, like I want to fucking play see. Nintendo. Yeah. Oh, I'm sitting here in the U.S. <laughs> Capitol building, more like U.S. Sucks. <laughs> uh, and then at the end of the day, somebody comes up to me. He's like, "Your dad, he he's amazing." I was like, "Yeah, it makes me sit around all day and do yeah. stupid stuff." He's like, "No, he just he just freed like over two hundred people." I was like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Yeah, he just brought over two hundred Sudanese that were, were were being enslaved and tortured." And I was like, "You're kidding." 
I was like, okay, now so this I was, know. So was this your moment where you're, you're like, oh, hold on a second? So it was kind of an epiphany, if you will. So like somebody came up to you and said, "Listen, dude." Yeah, it was like somebody just yeah took like a human rights hammer and just hit <laughs> it over my head, uh, and then it fi- finally started how, paying attention. How come Dumb was your shit. dad not just able to talk about stuff like that, or did he just not? He did, or he didn't? You weren't listening. No, he didn't want to talk about oh, stuff like okay. that because. I mean, I didn't know like, the Soviets, they, they captured him and held him for like a day or two. Like, these are things I didn't know. Wow. Um, when, now, he, did, you, did you find this out after he died or many of these things you found out after you started? After, oh, sorry, after he died. A, okay. So, but, but this other, so, some of it you started revealing, you started finding out after your, right. your angry trip to the Capitol. Uh-huh. But then there's a bunch of other stories. Yeah. So like, and then I found out he was, so when he would go over to Lebanon, he would, he would stay in like one of the prince's palaces and they would have tons of guards. But also, he would go down to like South Lebanon, where where all the the wars and everything's happening there, the persecution against the Christians. He would go in there, and people would shoot at him. And I remember somebody telling me the story about they were trying to catch a train, and these people were chasing after them with guns, and they were shooting after them. And my dad was like a, a three hundred pound dude, six one, six two, like a a big older Midwestern dude. Mm-hmm. Like he yeah. ate like a Midwestern. Yeah, you know, he yeah. lived the Midwest I lifestyle. Like steak. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was his pleasure. And uh, somebody was telling me, I've never seen a man that size move that fast. But they had to catch like a, a moving train to jump onto it to get away to get away from these people. And I'm like. Who was this guy? Fucking Indiana Jones. Yeah. This Jesus. is amazing. I will tell you this in Mother's Day episodes. We're going to have to cut all this out. But the thing <laughs> is... Yeah, we'll have to... We're, we're going to have to... in the Father's Day episode. We're just going to have to... We're going to have to dub over every time you say dad. and be like, mom. Yeah, my mom's a mom. pound dude. My, mom's, mom. my mom passed away. And she's like, Bleh. mom. Um, yeah, that's... You know, it's. I always joke the fact that uh, you know. I mean, my my dad didn't do any of that kind of stuff. My dad, in his own right, was a was a big volunteer. He's a very talented man. He did amazing things. Self self taught piano, ripped apart a car, learned how to build it. I always joke that I was young as a seven. I was conceived on fumes because I've got no like nothing, uh-huh. nothing that my father was capable of doing. I, I got none of that, and I felt like I I couldn't have fallen further away from the genetic family tree in respects to what I brought to the table for what my parents were able, what they accomplished. Did you ever feel that way? Oh, Sometimes my. when you reflect of like, look at me, and then you come... And they don't want you to compare yourself to them. They, that parent, unless your dad did, I don't know. But no, uh, no, no, no. He was never like that. He wanted me to do my own thing. No, but I do compare myself to him sometimes because when I think like, all right, so I'm 30. When my dad was 28 or oh, 29, yeah. he, uh, he started a group. Uh, it was, I believe it was a Society of St. Stephen's. And uh, they ended up uh, going to the UN. And before this, it was, I think, 1979. Uh, the UN had no international um, human rights uh, group or, or any sort of um, uh, thing to help uh, right. people get what year, what year did you say? No, there was no group for human rights. No, he said what era? What, what, oh, when? what year? 1979, I think. Okay. Right around there. Okay. Um, so, so my dad went to the UN and uh, got a coalition started for human rights. Okay, so, well, can I stop you there just for one second? First off, to like go you know he was Nation. 27, you said? 28? Yeah, 27, 28. I'm just blown away by the fact that someone's like, uh, we're getting a plane ticket, we're going to the UN, and we're going to make some shit happen. He Guys, wouldn't say shit because he was we are gonna, a good person. We, but, want, we need human rights, so yeah. let's get on yeah, that. Let's, get, like, yeah, let's all get on a plane and right? um, wear our best Sunday suit, and we're going to make this happen. And yeah, they're just like, no, but if, what, I was friends, even if I was friends with your dad back then, I'd be like, oh man, dude, what? 
But they're not going to listen to us, dude. I'm going to go home. You're an yeah, idiot. Yeah, the naysayer guy. Yeah, I'm like, boo. Yeah, I mean, she sucks. Let's go to boo. Florida. Spring break. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, when I think about it, yeah, that's insane. That the why would you, why would you feel the, the com- uh, yeah, just to be compelled to, to go and do something like and, that. And this yeah, is all out of Peoria. And this is um, or an area outside of people like you grew up in a at whereabouts? that time that would have been I think out of Springfield Illinois okay but uh, still I mean still right you're, not in, a, you're not in Chicago you're not in New York no, you're not in yeah. a major Abe Lincoln's hometown baby uh-huh. I mean everything he did required this is pre-internet yeah this is pre ten ten three two twenty or whatever long distance this is like pre-10-10-3-2-20. if you wanted to get shit done yes, you had to get in a car uh-huh. drive to a major city. Or meet certain people. You know what I mean? There was there yeah. were steps that needed to be taken. And or, it was all or, like... Or typewriter. Using a typewriter to send a letter... Yeah, it was all payphones. It would take and... a month to get a response, at best, right, to some of these people. Right, which I think this is, is crazy. why just like, screw it, I'm just going to go. Go. And, and, it's and easier to go, hey, man, so we're here. Yeah. Well, and that's what my dad was really... He was, uh, he, he was uh, he had a good sense of humor, charismatic guy, but he was also... He knew what he wanted. He was forceful and uh, down to brass tacks. He had the best... He was like the, the car salesman, but he was like honest and straightforward. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So, I do compare sometimes like, like wow, what did I do when I was 20? I was like, I had a couple pretty good mushroom trips. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else? You know, so I do sit there and compare... And you mentioned Lincoln. He's buried in Springfield. And uh, he's the first person you visit on the Abraham Lincoln like cemetery tour. Wait, your dad? dad That's amazing. Really? That's amazing. When did he pass away? Um, 2014. So just a couple years. A couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Did he at least live a decent, good life, or did the stress get to him? You know, that's hard to say. I'm sure the stress got to him. I'm sure the the Midwest eating lifestyle got to him. But I think that's where his pleasure was. Where I I get off smoking weed. And well, I eat like shit too, uh, but I think that's where like he would get stressed, and then my mom would cook awesome meals. But I and- think you're you're a, you're more aware. Like step one is like, yeah, I eat like shit. Like mm-hmm. there's like your dad would never go. I eat, it's like, a different yeah. generation. Dad, dad they like, didn't I eat like talk a fucking about king. My wife makes me these yeah, things. Yeah, absolutely. Like, fucking eight potatoes a meal. Yeah, I get different fucking, world. You know, it's like. But we are like, yeah, we know this is super bad for us, but we're doing it right now anyway, but we're aware. That's step one. Being there's aware. there's six kids in your family? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that was or, the other or thing. seven with the with the well, with the I'm, adopted one to make up for what you did to the no. family. <laughs> <laughs> no, there my oldest sister, um, she she's also adopted. Uh she was uh that's another interesting story. So in Macomb, like I said, super small town, there were a couple of uh extremist Islams that live there. Uh, this is when again? This would have been 1990. Oh, right okay, so then. this is after... Because most most extremism that happened in the United States started in the 70s. That's what I was just curious. Yeah, right. and, and so this was, yeah, about a 1990, and uh, my dad was well aware of these, these people and found out that they had a Filipino slave um, in this super small town in the Midwest. And... So he started kind of figuring out we gotta we gotta get her we we need to get her out of this and how many movies can be based off of your dad's life? I was life? just gonna say like he's <laughs> right? like Magnum PI like and by the way the way you just kind of like and we my dad of course figured out like, <laughs> Filipino slave you're like so saying he's so matter of fact like, like every neighborhood clearly can figure out you know what the neighbor is doing with their slaves I like, grabbed the flare say, gun dad you, grabbed the duct tape you have I, I you. <laughs> Anyway, I'm sorry. Your dad's an amazing person, so I don't want. I don't want. I don't want to shit on his story. So no, continue. No, no. no, continue the fact. Okay, so 
He says we got to get Harry. Right? Family, I'm, I'm his, like, your family meetings were different than our family meeting. You're like uh-huh. fa- family meeting was like, hey, wipe your piss off the toilet seat. <laughs> yeah, and it was said over dinner. There was really no meeting. <laughs> Like your family meeting is like okay. We, we got, need an escape plan look, for the slave that's being killed by these Islamic oh extremists. Or I guess I just grew up with this, so it was just like normal. An episode like, of the Americans. Just clean one, the toilet seat. One of my first memories is of seeing human torture. We had a fax oh, machine. I, mine was Faces that. of Death. I saw that. Oh, oh yeah, dude. Well, yeah, but that wasn't real. You apparently no, saw real there shit. There was so. some Faces of Death that was real, probably. But you know, no, you that get, was when I saw one of those, and I I like laughed at the first death, and then I was like, wait a minute. These are real, and then I was like, I don't like this, and then I like watched the whole video. and was like, no, I don't like this at all, and I never watched them. Yeah, my face is a deaf three. It was just like puppets being attacked. But anyway, so you, you... no, yeah, I we, we uh, he had a, a fax machine, which is another reason why everyone in the town thought he was a spy because it was like the eighties and nineties. <laughs> this guy's got a fax, a fax machine. machine. What is he doing? Okay, Doc Brown. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're on to you, buddy. So yeah, so so one morning, uh, this fax starts coming through, and it's all these pictures and there there's one picture there's just no head and then there's another picture there's a, a person hanging upside down who's been whipped to death so their back is just gashed okay so you didn't open. see live stuff no 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 oh, this okay. was just pictures oh i'm right. sorry but still not good no 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 i just want to make sure that his dad was like listen you got to come to me with this house to this house yeah you we learn we, we have to see yeah, some human see torture happen four maybe five i was i mean yeah it was but one did of my it, first but i'm assuming it only half sunk in right like because it's still a piece of, it's a picture so it's a picture yeah so it wasn't like i was seeing live but so, yeah. so anyway uh back to the filipino slave yeah how do we get them rescued so, so when you say we, let's use that term loosely amongst the three of us here. Continue. We, so, we helped. We, Brian, no, we were by all telling there. your dad's story, we were there. John was in Warrenville. He, <laughs> he had the Warrenville corner. I, I had, John got I, a fax. I was locking things down of the, in the Bauer School elementary area. John just got a fax at his house. It's no, on. No. And he knew what that meant. We did not get a fax. That fax not. took about 25 minutes to roll off the machine. And but, come from somewhere else because we could never have a fax machine. <laughs> Came from the public library. All right. So family meeting. Wait, was it a family meeting? Or when you say family Family meeting. It was no. Joe, you I caused mean, a distraction. You guys were like the Partridge family of like saving people's lives, were you? The CIA Partridge family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We we start a little jug band. Uh, <laughs> so so yeah. I Our don't, I don't remember there being a meeting. I mean, I think I was five or six at the time. So which instrument did you play at the meeting? All right. Uh, so anyway, can <laughs> spoons. <All right. laughs> I uh, no. So I'm sure my mom and him talked about it okay. because I mean, can you imagine? Being a you gotta run shit by your wife. Thirty-some-year-old. Hey, I'm gonna have this Filipino girl, this nineteen-year-old Filipino girl, coming. You know, uh, so I'm sure that's yeah. something. You, you, yeah, <laughs> you talking? You're over. like six, like boy, <laughs> oy, oy. Uh, So, so one night uh, when when they when they go to mosque, uh, so it was probably eleven midnight or so. Uh, my dad takes me with him. Is like, come on, we're going. And Where are you going? he tells me we're going to get cottage cheese. Uh, okay. Uh, but we're going to take the cottage cheese to this girl. Um, so we get in the car, we go get the cottage cheese, and my dad knocks on the door and then brings her out to the car, and then we just take her back to our house. And then I remember, I, all I, I don't remember what it was like after that because I was so young, but I do remember answering one phone call. Where it was, it was just a complete threat to us. It was like, if you don't give her back to us, we're gonna blow up your house and, and kill your family. And I'm like, Dad, I think it's for you. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck, dude? I want to get back to the plan. 
Um, Wait, why, I, the, I, first off, I don't know what the fuck he needed you for in that thing, but that's amazing that you just cheese. sat there and held on to cottage I, you know cheese. What? I think um, were I think you there to calm smart. his nerves, or did he think because it was a kid? Maybe like, I was an alibi, but I also think that's it. Like that. What am I doing? Nothing. I got my kid in cottage cheese. Yeah. No big deal. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, I don't know where what his dad just became there. Hey, but, Yogi, uh, my dad was also hey, a hey, hey, officer. I don't know what these people are complaining about. <laughs> you give back their slave, you. <laughs> Pretty good. That's a, so. This became your sister. So so yeah. So I think what my dad was just trying to show was just hey, uh, it doesn't take much to do something good. True, but it also doesn't wait, take sorry, much wait, to get so a phone call to the house that says we're going to blow the shit out of your family. Who, who your parents adopted? Yeah, this is your oldest this sister. Is my oldest sister. I didn't know yes. that. Oh wow, she, she's got like five kids of her own. And is she like? How old was she at the time? The happiest person. She was nineteen, person ever she was 19 years old. After, uh-huh. yeah. And what, he must have had communication with her to let her know this was happening because it sounds like I'm sure at some point, yeah, they because your memories. The I note mean, they, said, "I'll be by with cottage cheese." Uh-huh. That's the sign. Come yeah. out to the car. Yeah, I was so young. I was really, cottage cheese big back then in America. I, I, it was. It oh, was in the like Midwest, that was, it's was never huge. not been. Yeah, okay, cottage cheese, man. So it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty normal to see people come to each other's houses bringing cottage cheese. That's why. Yeah, there was a pretty admit. Night. That was a pretty regular thing. <laughs> With a six-year-old? Just made Okay, this. but can I, can I ask you a question? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, eventually we may get to you, we may not, because this, your dad's amazing. Uh-huh. So um, I guess the question is this. Um, you, they, you you go away. I mean, they, did they, they never came to the house, or were they scared because they knew... Uh, they had done wrong, so there was there was distance they kept at all they, times. They can't, yeah, they can't go to the police uh, because it would expose th- everything. It would expose them, but they didn't leave the neighborhood either. Um, well, this, I mean, it was I don't know, probably like a couple miles away from where we were living. But so you know what I mean? Like, like they knew where you were. So they didn't, yeah, they didn't move the town or anything. But they like knew that. who your dad was. Obviously, if they were able to call, I mean, they knew it was your family, right? Yeah, they knew it was my family. So I mean, uh, and I'll say this. I don't know if this was them. This was never proven. uh, But one day, my dad drops me off at school. He comes inside, and uh, the steering wheel just catches on fire, and the whole car burns just randomly. Like Robert De Niro in fucking Casino. And this was uh, maybe... I remember this was shortly after these threats were happening. I think you could put a few things together. Now, so what was your dad's... I'm not but... One more thing, but he yeah, did. did so he, they had to go through the whole process of. Uh, 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 well, of course, for her, she was already nineteen, so yeah, technically so was, she's an adult. But did she even exist? Did she to the to the United States government? No. Uh, okay, so wow, she did not. She was brought over illegally, correct, as a slave, kept in this house. So yep. it's it's not as simple as just going, "We got you." I mean, there's so many layers to this. That's just right, unbelievable. So but your dad is a guy with a job that is a little bit more than like. Me or you going to the government going, hey, we got this chick with no ID. Yeah. Let and me like, tell you something about his dad's tumbler, John. When that guy left yeah, the house with his was, tumbler, okay? That, it was that, it that, meant I, business. I your dad yeah. drank like Don Draper, right? Uh-huh. It was just like, oh, yeah, we have scotch in the morning, and then we rescue slaves in the evening, and then it's <laughs> what we do. Yeah. You're yeah. a Roderick now, Joe. <laughs> you get drunk off that holy water. Mm. So, so it's interesting to me. I mean, this is... The, so obviously your dad has this history of doing stuff. You obviously have said doing hey, stuff. Well, you know, I'm, I know we, we already heard it down yeah, for he everybody. Stuff, yeah. Well, we already heard it. So uh-huh. I mean, if you want to know what my stuff means, just go ahead and rewind, and you'll get to the other stuff. Mm-hmm. Press rewind. Everybody. No, but I mean, so it's like so. Here you are, about four or five years old. You know, we, we cut to fourteen years later or so, or you know, twelve years later, a decade later, where you're finally it's starting to set in of mm-hmm. like, holy shit, okay, my dad's for real. In the meantime. <laughs> 
who were you? And because obviously you eventually decided to be a stand-up comedian. So uh, there's obviously your attention was drawn clearly somewhere else in your life. And it usually happens younger, correct? You obviously yeah. had some fascinations. Well, yeah. I mean, that's one of that. I mean, the comedy, uh, I mean, my dad was hilarious. My mom's hilarious. Um, my mom, uh, she was a big fan of British comedy. Oh, nice. So, so she was real supportive of me following kind of British stylings, I guess. Like in sec- I went to a Catholic grade school, okay. second grade talent show. Um, I'm cross-dressing. Uh, like Monty I'm, Python. I'm, li- I'm lip-singing to Weird Al songs. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and she was totally cool with this in a Catholic school. So she, she loved that. She was like, oh, look at him. It's so adorable. And then, uh, and then just like I said, uh, with what my dad did and, and my, my mom, she was just as involved as him. Uh, and then my older brothers got real into politics as well. So every dinner conversation, I'm just kind of left out because I'm just, I'm basically about 10 years younger than everybody right. else. I was just going to ask you what the gap was, but yeah, now that makes sense. So most, yeah. of the, yeah. most of the people, when you started becoming aware, most of your brothers and sisters at this point they were teenagers. Late teens, okay. yeah. All right. uh, so, so my thing was just, oh, I better be funny. That's where I can chime in and say something that's it that's all you saw that was left at the table you're like no but i think you realize we've got probably said a couple things that were funny that people were like that's when they paid attention Uh to you and that's when they were like oh hey get a load of green over here (laughs) and also by virtue of the fact that you didn't get a younger sister until you were 17 you were the youngest child and usually the the youngest children get yeah, they, they do. The, they are the goofball because they got to fight for the attention. Uh-huh. So no, no I'm I, I, I'm speaking from experience here. Youngest so, of seven. So so yeah. So so there was that. So uh, so I always enjoyed that. But then I got really into to music, and then I started kind of dabbling in music therapy at college, and because uh, I I still because of that I still wanted to help people. That was always something. I've always been. That's your family. That's who you are. Yeah, that, yeah. I've always wanted to to be able to do that. So I was like, well, I can do something that I love and help people. And then I found out that music theory is like a totally different language, and I failed a bunch of classes and just had to do English. And I was like, well, I guess screw that. I can do that on the side. So then that's, I think, why I started doing the the counseling, which is kind of what brought me to Peoria, Illinois, home okay. of Richard Pryor, Sam Kennison, Jukebox Comedy Club. And and then that's where I started, started cutting my teeth because the stage job that I had was so stressful. Like I'm dealing with people, with kids that are – dealing with issues from, you know, when they were ages four to seven years old, their mom locked them in a closet uh, and would only slide them food underneath, and then they would have to poop in a KFC bucket. That was, they had no human interaction. And so I'm dealing with those kind of things during the day, and I'm like, I just started freaking out and started getting super stressed. I was like, what am I doing? And finally my wife is like, so you should just start doing stand-up. Like, so you had never done stand-up it. before this? I, I had you must dabbled. have talked about it because obviously she wouldn't just make a random suggestion. Well, yeah, I don't unless always, she read it in Good Housekeeping no, no, magazine. No, 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 I, the way to deal with stress. Encourage your weirdo husband <laughs> yeah. to stand yeah. up. I'd always said like one of my dreams. I want to be on Saturday Night Live, and now that I'm older, I'm like I don't think I want that. Uh, <laughs> but so yeah, so when I was 19, now you're 20. I think I went up for my first time. Where was this in college? This was yeah in college, but I drove to Peoria to oh, the Jukebox Comedy Club. Okay, so your first time you ever took stage was in a comedy club. Yeah, uh, was there an audience or was, was there even anybody there? What they used to do was a pro am uh, pro am okay. night. So uh-huh. on the Thursday night they'd have like 15 open micers and then a headliner. And I remember uh, all I did was I, I I didn't know what 
to do with comedy. I, to me, growing up in a small town, I didn't know even comedy clubs really existed. I thought the people that I would watch on Comedy Central were the funny people of the group, and somebody just knew somebody funny, and then they went, and then they talked for a half hour, and it was funny. Like there was no. You're not far off. I yeah, there's there's a couple know. places where that happens, but yeah. continue. You'll oops, oh, I keep doing that. Sorry. So right. so yeah, so I didn't plan anything. So I just I I so I, I'll have a couple of things planned. I'll I'll uh, I'll bring a little poetry book. I'll bring a matchbox car and some peanut butter and some Skittles. All right. These are four things you should never do again. Continue And I'll your story. figure it out. So <laughs> I get on, out. get on stage. This is just for the car ride there? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I, uh, I get on stage. I strip down to my underwear. And, uh, and then I, I say, uh, this is my impersonation of Dale Earnhardt. And I open up the matchbox car and just throw it against the wall. Oh. And then I grab the poetry book and then I like pour all the Skittles into the peanut butter and just like eat a huge handful and start trying to read like Native American poetry. And then like I just got really nauseous and then I had to run and then go throw up. So that was that was your first time on stage. Yeah, and my friend has uh, the video, and I'm, I'm oh, glad. Oh, I'm so glad. You gotta get that. Yeah, my friend's got that, so I'm, I'm trying to track that down. That, when we started, started getting video wasn't super easy. Yeah, there's a photograph, but, you, but of, now everybody can have a little. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, my buddy's got it on his phone. Like it, it, it's 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 devastating at times, but at the same time, to me, <laughs> that's to have that. Yeah. That's gold, man. Because yeah. where you when, and what year was that? This would have been two thousand four or five. Okay, yeah. all right. So this usually makes John. This part is what makes John sad. When oh, what? Just how young? Well, the age is? thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but you want to be sad? Can I stop you just for one second? Tell me what the recording advice is. Yeah. So I, I went to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame last oh, week, and yeah. in, there's a small section in there that has to do with recording. And um, as you go, it, it starts with like, what's what it's like now? And then it's kind of scales back to like early recorders. And I was getting pretty fucking close to the beginning of like early record. And I was starting to feel shitty about myself of like <laughs> my like, age oh, in relationship to personal recording this. devices. Oh, this like this. it's getting weighed down. And I'm like, we need to, we need, there needs to be more. There's there only, is there's more. There's only one right? guy yeah. before you started listening on the timeline. You're like, it looks like Einstein. Who is that guy? There's a guy listening to a rock, and then right after that, it's is one of those little mini cassettes. Just recorders. like me with a Walkman. On. Uh, I was fucking. It was. I was really starting to panic. I was having a panic attack of like, no, 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 no. I'm not that old. I'm not that old. But then again, that whole thing is not that old. So, but anyway, yeah, that's don't what freak I told out, guys. Dude, no, we we already have. It's too late. Yeah, you don't look a day over like 37. All right, well, so. <laughs> So all right, so so you so how many times did you do the peanut butter gag? No, that was just the one okay, time. And then, okay, so you think that's what made you throw up, or do you think the throwing <laughs> up came from just something? being scared? No, I don't know what your material is like. So let's fast forward. What you, what what are now he are throws you? two matchbox cards against the wall. <laughs> ah, different direction. Ice cream and it's so, so fat. You um um. What, what what would you how would you define what you are as a comedian? You're a storyteller? Are you more about your life? Do you just like to tell jokes? Are you a set up punch guy? Like what yeah, are you? No, it's uh, I like to do the stories. Okay, I, right. I tell the stories, but I also get a little ridiculous, that, uh, which is okay. But are you no props? No, I didn't say that. Okay, I'll throw a prop down. I got a banjo. I'll bring on stage. Okay, so that's music, but I mean, like, but have you completely you moved it? away? Like, obviously, confetti does that count as a prop? Yes, yeah, sure. Yeah. But, but th- I'm trying to figure out where your head was at when you when you decided this concoction of ideas that you were going to take on stage, and did any of it come from what you had seen on TV that had inspired you to go that direction? You know, because like, uh, what inspired me was I was very 
focused on guys that just got up there and, and talked. Like that was where I, I seem to always pay more closer attention when I watch stand up. So it's interesting the things that you chose to do. Like the popcorn, or not the popcorn, I'm sorry, the Skittles in the, in the peanut butter, mm-hmm. that's that, I, my first thought is, oh, Andy Kaufman, yeah. you obviously liked Andy Kaufman. Loved Andy Kaufman, loved the Marx Brothers. Yeah, uh, dude, Marx Brothers was so yeah, good. The, wow. the, I was, yeah, I was raised basically uh, watching Marx Brothers, Three Stooges, Laurel and Hardy. Boom. Uh, so, so I'm very physical on stage. Okay. So, and I don't, and I also think that's part of my body's... Uh, just response system to me never working out, honestly, because when I would do music, I would dance around like crazy and I, I would get in pretty good shape. And, and now when I'm doing comedy, I, uh, I didn't really realize that people say, oh, yeah, you're a physical high energy. You move. Like, you move. I, I move. I'm sweating. I'm yeah. sore at the end of it. I'm like, oh, this is my brain's like, we got to get this guy to work out or he's going to kill us. <laughs> So yeah, I get very physical and sweaty. I uh, I treat it like pro wrestling, maybe a little okay. bit. Okay, but I but it but it 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 adds to like the to who you are. Do you know what I mean? Like when you you get to know you pretty quick that you're a fucking like you're gonna be a wackadoo for <laughs> thirty forty minutes or however long you're gonna uh-huh. be on stage. You know what I mean? Whatever the time is. But uh, I I don't know. I think it, it fits and like with well, who thanks. you are. Yeah, I like to play. Yeah, I so, mean that's what it is. And yeah. so your wife says. Go do stand up. This will help you with your stress. And you say to yourself, you know what? What the hell? I'm going to go start doing this. So, is and, and, and how committed were you once you guys had that discussion? How did it go from there? It was going to be okay. This is going to be an every week thing. This is you know, if you're going to do it, you have to do it really seriously. You have to write things. And you I, thought this right away. Uh, yeah, pretty quick. Was, yeah, and uh, and th- and that was kind of her too. She was like, you have to write something down. And I was like, oh, I don't think people write. I mean, this is. <laughs> I, this is six years, almost six years ago now. So this is really before I had listened to any podcast or anything like that. So I really still didn't realize that people were writing things down. She's like, no, you idiot. You think Jerry Seinfeld just goes up there and talks? And but like, you didn't know. I didn't know. You, you assumed that that's why they were doing what they were doing, because they were that quick and they were that smart and they could talk like that. And you're like... Okay, it's like yeah, a that's motor. Ian Bag. Everybody else, it's you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But so yeah, I wrote some ho- really horrible things down because because <laughs> uh, that's who you were. Uh, that's what I was, and uh, and it went awful. And when I, you say horrible things, like were you pulling from your life? No, no, no. I or was, you mean just like I was not just giving well away written CIA stuff. secrets? Yeah. If that's what you're. No, asking. not that. But oh, you know, you're well, talking about how did you did you ever bring the stress? of the stuff that you were doing and try to turn that into to funny on stage or did you try to separate those two lives? No, I never, never talked about what I did okay. on stage. I, those were two separate things. Now that, I, Was that a conscious choice of your part because yeah. you wanted to have a different... Well, and I don't want... Uh, it, Peoria is not that big. Right, um, you can't just so, talk about people. And no, their, not the people, yeah. but you, you know, in, in comparison to you and how you deal with stuff. So your, you, your thought was like, I'm just going to... This is, this is over here. Yeah, you compartmentalize. Uh-huh. Well, and sometimes I'd see uh, foster parents in the front row, and also oh, they were good. They were good audience members to bring to the show. So you didn't want to lose your base. You didn't want to lose your base. You didn't want to lose your base. Good call. Couldn't offend the fan base. I was getting email lists. It was going well. So yeah, I didn't. I didn't want them to see any crossover. You know, I want them to see like, okay, he's very professional and about what he does with this, uh-huh. and right? Then, and now he's he, a fucking wing nut over he, here, but professional in the way that. Your comedy is just your comedy, and it's not you dragging your your work into it. But when you say you told you like to tell stories, do you, are those stories personal stories? Are they? Yeah, I mean uh, to 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 dovetail this real nicely. I, the beginning you said the door to door thing. Yeah, uh, that's that's one of my new fun ones to do. Because uh, yeah, when I was 
I, I was a little entrepreneur. I was trying to get extra money for snacks. And uh, <laughs> you were a so, you were a young foodie. So yeah, so <laughs> I, like Skittles. I started selling uh, <laughs> peanut butter. <laughs> I started making like little homemade bracelets, and uh, of course, you know, early '90s, three older brothers immediately start calling me gay. Well, and I'm like, well, yeah. I can't, well, I can't be whatever this thing is that I don't understand, but it seems bad. Very Midwest. That's uh, a very Midwestern immediately, uh, right? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Uh, yeah. But again, early '90s. So I'm sure I your brothers just, have come Midwest. a long way. Yeah. Look, we're all from there. We know. I'll tell you where this came from. All right, so my neighbor was a barber, and uh, one day he gives me like an old massager. He used to massage like people's necks at the uh, uh, the end of it. And we're sure this isn't a vibrator, <laughs> right? It's not a dildo. Hold it's on, I got to put earmuffs on the cat. Yeah, it's a real massager. You're sure it's a massager? So, so he gives me this, and uh, my little nine year old brain clicks like, put I can just plug butt, this in. I can, <laughs> I can, I you know. So I, I start massaging my mom's like back or whatever for her, and she pays me like. A quarter or something right. like that. Some obscene so amount like, of nothing. Okay. Can I stop for just, I stop for just one more second? Because a lot of your stories are just so matter of fact, and there's nothing matter of fact about many of your stories. <laughs> just so you know. So, how often do grown men give children massagers? <laughs> yeah. What? And everyone's and, and your mom's like, today, well, yeah. if this and happened your mom, today, your mom is like, well, come, well, yeah, of course. Sure. Where'd you get that from? I'll Henry? give you. A, I'll Henry? give you a quarter. Old, old Hank down the street gave you that. <laughs> Yeah, no, rub it on my shoulders. <laughs> I'm sure, no, you didn't watch. Don't rinse it off, dude. Just rub just, it, rub it on a, my shoulders. I got <laughs> Joe. When you come back, I just, we have some other questions. You could, if that happened today, that guy would have the cops called on him yeah, so fast. I, he'd be, he'd be going door to door, going, "I am a registered sex offender. I gave away vibrators to children. <laughs> uh, I don't know any better. I'm sorry." Just so like, yeah, I mean, listen, he was just like, Look, you I know any young out. kids who need any massage tools I don't need anymore? I was at the mall. An old man walked out to me outside the bathrooms. <laughs> hey, kid, you want to be in on the massage business? You get in on the ground floor. We start with your mom's neck. Take this dirty vibrator and rub it on her. Oh, fuck's sake. Okay, All right, and we're back. <laughs> So I've never thought about it in that sense about how weird it is. Yeah, you're just like, no, man, I got a thing from an old man. Yeah, I can whatever. understand the barber gave you a couple old combs from that thing <laughs> oh, that's, that's got that's in, in, the, in the that's green right. material, in the green right. water. It was Sorry. the barber. That's the part of the story I forgot. The barber was, <laughs> hey, you need it. What are you getting there? A flat top, son? Here, here's oh, a dildo for your trouble. <laughs> Take this home. See if your mom likes it. I got uh, a whole lot of them. Okay. Um, so, yeah, he gave me that. And uh, <laughs> naturally. So yeah, the, the light the light bulb goes off like any nine year old. I'm like, well, I can start a massage business, <laughs> like any, like any nine, nine year old. <laughs> so I can start a massage business <laughs> and, uh, or and collect more. Pull, pulling cards. from what you've learned from your father, yeah. the first thing you thought was massage business. Yeah, you don't Help wait people. for somebody to offer you a massage business. You go out there and fucking yeah. take it, and yeah. you're helping people. Yeah, yeah. And I was helping people yeah. feel better. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, so I, I was like, well, this will be a good thing. And uh, so I, I love doing artwork and creating things. So that was one of the fun things. I was like, oh, first I got to create a menu. So then I made this like, menu. really <laughs> elaborate menu. All right, and I'm massage. just going to show you. Just flip through there, John, uh, John and Brian, if you want. Uh, there's, that was the briefcase, and then if you go to the oh, you, way, you, had, you had a name for it, the leprechaun massage, because that. <laughs> uh, you, would you like to? Would you like what? to? Let, oh, one of, in, one of his massages was called the choo choo. <laughs> oh, that sounds like it's right in the caboose. <laughs> I don't like that massage at all. One, the next one is Shoot. fetish based, the feetsy. <laughs> feetsy, you were nine, bro. What are you talking? about? And then he's about? got one just called Bob Ross. <laughs> Who's Bob Ross? Is he the barber? The painter. Is he the, 
Oh, oh, okay. All right. Sorry. He makes a happy is little it, accident. Is that, is that is the is old Bob Ross the painter? Yeah. The old happy little accident is the old shocker. I can Whoops explain these. <laughs> no, you don't have to. No, we'll just put them up like that, and what people if, will fucking think you're. A I don't know if this one. Nine year old. I can't tell if this one's called the Eremo or the Cremo. Oh, oh it's Cremo because oh, I would okay. use my mom's. Ah, uh, I don't know. Too much. Too much. The Comey and the Watchy. That's when the barber came over to see what you were doing with the stuff. Sleepy time. How many were there? The avalanche. The, the avalanche th- sounds like oh, the worst sex move of all time. The tinkle. What is the tinkle? There was about sixty. The squirt. Okay, 60. all right. Your menu, you had a, you had sixty. And how different were these massages? Were they all the exact same fucking thing? With balls, the exception, just of like, balls, just balls, balls, just balls, balls. That one's called that. One, what's the one where you rest oh, your balls on someone's head? That's the, the Arabian tea bag, goggles. The, tea bag. Oh. the Arabian goggles. What are you talking about? When you when you put them over somebody's eyes. Oh dear God! Just um, make a book. Just make did, a book. Did the balls massage? Did Hank ask for that one? Did the barber just ask you to come on back? Once you get that menu you know, set, all I, I ask for is well, a couple he, of freebies. He learned about that one from. Before, 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 before I can, before I can give. I use it for. I didn't name. I don't know if you saw it in there. I did name one of them was Jerry. That was my neighbor. He was the so I did name a massage after him, which I'm wondering like, yeah, okay. did you fucking right. leave me out of your fucking thing? Your nine year old massage. He's just a guy going to work. Some old lady's like, hey, I got two Jerry's this week. He's like, what's that now? You're like, yeah, man. I made a, I named a massage after you. He's like, dude, don't, don't. Oh now, leave me out of your like exactly your nine year old pervy. 60 massage menu. Oh, fuck's sake. Mm. This 60. is amazing. I, I, you know, yeah, I, you I never... like highbrow important stories to like... How many episodes have we done? And then I tried to finger old people with a vibrator when I was nine. You know, I don't know how many episodes we've done. I, I don't this know what episode 56. this is, but I got to be honest with you. After talking to, to 55 other people, and we've had some amazing we've stories We've had some really there. impressive people. But holy shit, mm. dude. I mean... You're just, really running the gamut. Yeah, you are say. really... Thanks. <laughs> you are just a pull back the curtain kind of fella. Um, so all right, so Lowbrow, that's the name. So of your you band. were a go getter with other people's goods, and um, and you obviously. Uh, so How growing much did you make a lot of money at the massage? I mean, enough to uh, get like uh, I had an obsession with ranch Pringles, uh, so enough to probably get a couple of those. Mm-hmm. So like that's a gold mine, baby. It's like a couple bucks. Yeah. All right. So massage business was a success in terms of whatever nine year olds expect yep. out of the ranch Pringles. <laughs> At least everyone's got to have a chips, and I didn't get arrested, yep. and no one pressed charges. Like when you look at like <laughs> what's a like if you're worried about kids and whether what their future potential to be drug addicts could be, like starting a massage business at nine so you can afford ranch chips. Pringles. Yeah, that's, probably that's a like good putting sign. a dick in your mouth at twenty three to get a bag of heroin. That's you're not. Did any of your brothers and sisters just look pat, look at you, just shake their heads like, what the fuck? No, they're probably they like, dude, like, hey, give me some chips, bro. You got yeah, the yeah. money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, give you're the me only some one chips. working. So there you are. So all right. So so, so, so there ba- you are. So all right. <laughs> so all right. So you start doing the stand up now. Did, now let me ask you something. How did it? Did you? You know, because you're, you're six years in. You said how, how many years? Yeah, you about uh, yeah, about six years in. Okay, so in the scheme of things, is brand new. Brand new. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I guess my, my my question to you is that. So you started on a comedy stage. That's where you started doing it. Did you start getting some legit gigs pretty early on? Did, was it most of your time spent at that club, or did then you start going to other cities and start like give us a little bit of a rundown of okay, what you yeah. decided to do? Because so, obviously you still have a job. It's not like you can just. I don't have a job right now. No, now you don't. But back then, right, when yeah, you yeah. first started, these are these are splitsies. This is a stress reliever. So how did it all evolve? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I would have started back in October of 2010. Too specific, but uh-huh. continue. 
Yeah, yeah. So I met you like right after you started. Then, oh, is that how you guys yeah. met in Peoria? Yeah. At, at I went. I went to feature for Henry Phillips at the jukebox. Okay, and that's where I met him. And, and I him. always think about that. You and I were sitting in our car, uh, my car, and uh, and you were talking about, uh, man, you you wish you were Henry because Henry had a sold out crowd and he was headlining. You're like, man, that would be really fun. It was like, man. I wish I was you. Like you <laughs> get to do like a half hour in front of a packed crowd. You're traveling. You you had just talked about you you had booked one commercial or two commercials without even being there. Oh, that was that that was yeah. that trip. I, I fucking hit the jackpot on that yeah. trip. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, I wish I was you. <clears throat> just well, well, John will wreck featuring. that by the time this show is over. He'll, <laughs> he'll, he'll like, tell oh you what God. it's been like since you guys sat in that car together <laughs> yeah. that night. Let's just say I'm still sitting in the car. <laughs> in I, his in his head. In his I head. do look back, and it's cool because you are at that level now. Were you at the show where you were on the show I'm sorry yeah um, you were hosting I think it was, he was doing a guest, spot or, a guest spot or something he, like he that. hosted one did a guest spot because that Dan is good like that with there's like a, a five local dudes there that that he that he lets rotate in and, okay. and do stuff like that yeah the Madison Club was kind of like that too where they would give, give people some some time yeah. remember that yeah yeah, yeah. and I went in a community that small that that really like there aren't a bunch of it's not like you're oversaturated with comedians so mm-hmm. just sp- space out the work when you can and let everyone have an equal shot well is, and then that's huge too for a comic because there is a huge difference from like a an open mic or a Thursday even where it's like one of the jukebox pro am crowds to uh, a Saturday night early show that's right. packed and people are there for a comedy show and they assume you're a real comedian and so being a nobody and being a year in and you're doing a guest set at that you're like wow this is that's, this is intense when you well, when you start to see an audience that is just there to laugh they don't give a shit who you are mm-hmm. th- those are the best that's the best time they don't care one way or another they they don't give a shit that you're hosting that you're the middle that you're the headline they just want to laugh. So if you make them laugh, they'll be like, oh, great show, man. And they won't be like, well, for a feature, this guy's all right. You know, they're not going to think like that at all. They just like, funny is funny to them and they'll, they'll yeah. enjoy so, it. So, yeah, I would get a couple of those. But then uh, every year in the summer, they have a big tournament where like 60 comedians come from all over the Midwest. And, uh, and so I entered that tournament my first year and then I ended up winning that. And so when I won that, I was like, oh, this is something maybe I can actually do something with so that's when i really started to branch out and start driving like hey can i do a spot here can i do a spot there and then eventually like john said uh the owner of that club so good about getting you guesties like i featured for caroline ray like within my first year wow because some i don't know somebody had dropped out but he was like i trust you you can do 15 minutes come here and just do 15 minutes and it was so cool about Knowing, hey, I'm not going to make you do 20, 25 even. He's like, not going to stretch time. you beyond what you have. Yeah, I know you can do 15, so so do that. That's a very heads-up move on his part. What mm-hmm. is it about... I hear... I've always heard about Peoria, Illinois' club. Well... What is it about that guy that all... That comics at all different levels want to go there, want to perform there, talk about it, It ha- and, it, and, and it, it breeds people like you? Because it's it's not... You know, it's not it's not Chicago. It's 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 not New York. It's not Los Angeles. It's not like one of a big. It's not Phoenix. It's not a big market, right? Mm-hmm. But what is it about that specific market that comedy has become such a thing? Well, what, I mean, are you? I, I, you know, I'd be curious. I've never been there, so I want to know what you guys. What your I'll take say is. this: there are some comics that won't go there because it's two planes. Do you know what I mean? You got to take a connecting flight a lot. Well, of the time. My, my, minus the the difficulty to get there, it's right. it just seems like people the, the, those that want to go there get it. That's and, what I'm and, saying. And the people that do want to perform there will perform there. They don't give mm-hmm. a shit, and, and they rave about it though. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah, well, 
Uh, I mean, I think what it is, and I say this in the most loving way, uh, he, he's a nutcase. Um, I could ask him, hey, who was the feature uh, back in second week of March, like 2009? Uh, and he's like, let's see. I think, you know, that would have been Bill Arendelle, I think. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. And I mean, because he's got a notebook system. Where, where he doesn't use a computer system to at sell all. tickets. At he all. doesn't use anything. He's he's greeting the customers at the door. He's got it all written there in his notebook. And he, he calls that, people that are late. He calls you if you're late to make sure you're, you're coming. It's like, show starts at 7.30. Where are you guys? Uh-huh. And, uh, and then now he's done this really kind of cool thing where, where some comics are... I mean, they all like it, but they all think it's weird. So he'll go to the front of the stage. So he sells you tickets. He's the first guy you see. Then he, you go to, he goes to the stage, and he doesn't use the microphone. He doesn't get on the stage. He stays out of the lights. But he does the announcements in the front of the crowd uh, and lets everyone know, hey, no heckling. You know, turn your cell phones off. This is a really cool club. Like, these people have these, well, like, they're, they're artists. You know, let, they have these acts that are prepared. And so every pause means something. So if you hear a pause, it doesn't mean yell something out. That pause was put there for a purpose. So sit back and enjoy what you're about ready to see. So, so the MC doesn't even have to do any of that stuff. So that's the good MC right can there. come out and just be a comic. Yeah. But then, uh, you know, he, uh, he respects the art form maybe to a fault. Uh, I know there was a, there was a customer maybe a few weeks ago who was a problem. Kicked him out. Guy continued to say stuff. Uh, one thing led to another. Scuffle happens out in the parking lot. Dan's in a fist fight oh with God. this with this heckler that just and and from what everyone said, it was out of his control. This guy was coming after him. He had he had to defend himself, uh, but he takes it to that level but then he also doesn't have restrictions like i mean obviously if louis anderson's there it's like hey watch your p's and q's don't you know you can't be dirty but if it's just anybody else be as weird as you want to be and uh and it doesn't always work out the, the peanut butter throwing up but then he was like, well, I'll just keep giving them chances. You know, you keep going up. And you got to grow. You can't just go one chance. I go, yeah. I didn't like what you just did. Well, that was my first time on stage. No right. one's going to like mm-hmm. that. So, yeah, he lets you get comfortable with, with failing and figuring yourself out without trying to step in and say, Dad, come back when you're funny or come back when you write some jokes. How long has he been in charge of this club? He's been in charge of that club since 99. Maybe it's been open since 92. Okay. Uh, so Did he, he work there before he took it over? He no, he worked at the radio, okay. and he would kind of be in and out of there doing spots and things like that for them. And then one day, the club owner was like, "Hey, do you want to buy a comedy club?" And he's like, "Yeah." And, and the rest is history. The rest is history. But he but, was the first guy when I went there with Henry. He was the first like, you know, he he was like, first of all, you go somewhere with Henry, everyone likes you almost immediately because you're with Henry, so they assume that you know you're nice too or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, which in my case is correct. But he was the first guy to be like, uh, you know, hey, if you want to come back and headline, you can. And I was like, yeah, like I featured for Henry in February. I came back and headlined that same year in August. So I was there on the coldest day of the year and the hottest day of the year. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah, but, but yeah, he also... Uh, Not the club, just you. Just oh, you. Yeah, yeah, just me. But I mean, but, I mean he's, he, he, he was cool. He stuck. He said he was going to do that and he did it. And like that's... Yeah, which you and I know there's some people... That, that never get back to you. That yeah. never, and I mean, right now, they he won't return my down. emails. They say he say, to he you. said he wants, you, he wants you to come back. So I was supposed to tell you that. Yeah, he yeah. wants you back. So. so let me ask you this. Let's talk about your growth for a second. So you start there as a pro-am. 
And by the time you leave, are you headlining that club? Had you grown up into be a big boy with big boy pants no, on? Or where, so where did, when you left, where were you at within your circuit before you came Well, here was the progress. So, so he, I feel like he almost groomed me a little bit. Uh, Not like the barber. <laughs> <laughs> I was selling door-to-door dildos for Dan at the comedies. Uh, so, yeah, so like a year in, uh, he starts asking me to drive the comics around to, to media. Okay. And so that's, I mean, if, if, you know, probably young comics listen to this, uh, you know, that's an awesome thing to do because you, you talk with the comics and if you're not an annoying person, you, you kind of learn what to do. You see them, how they're doing. You, you know that, hey, let the news person in on some of your bits. So your first question is, what can people expect from the show? Right. So you're, you're learning all these things and he has me going around and then eventually he has me going around to do media for like local shows or things like that. So then I'm getting on TV and I'm doing radio and things like that. So I'm getting that kind of good practice. That's and then, really good practice. Man. Uh, the, the house MC for, for many years was Brett Erickson, who's a really great comic. And so being able to watch him you know, helped out a lot too. That, I was going to say, that's a crazy that a guy like Brett was there for so long that, that you really did get to kind of like, that would be your, that's like going to a golf course and there's one guy who's like, yeah, I've won a couple masters and, but now I teach here. It's mm-hmm. like, it was like, it's like having that guy. Cause like not a lot of people in smaller um, markets have a dude like that. that yeah. Can look so I at got, and go, that's a fucking comic. So I got to watch him for years. And yeah. then, uh, so then Brett, obviously, uh, very great comic, moved out here. And so he's going to be on the show soon. Yeah. Okay. Dan had a, a, a spot to fill for the hosting position and he knew that I can work clean. Uh, so that's a big thing. So I started hosting every weekend. So five shows a week. And I did that for about a year and a half. And then it just kind of, I mean, especially after my dad passed away, I, uh, I just felt like I needed to, to do something more. I could feel myself falling into the Midwest trap where, and it's not a trap. I don't mean to shit on that, you know, where you, you, you have your job, you buy your house. Cause I had bought a house already and we'd own, you know, we'd lived there for like five you years, were married, married, you know, been married for like seven years now. And, you know, kids talk or coming. Just so your wife knows you said that with a smile. Continue. Uh-huh. When, when the kid, thank you. When the, when the kids, you know, talk comes and if we were to have a kid there, I could easily see myself. All right. Well, I guess we I'm are. just here Gotta forever pick, or until the fence, kid's 18. Baby. Um, so, so yeah, that felt, uh, I was like, we got to really push ourselves cause I want to, I don't want to just sit here and kind of settle for mediocrity. I want to do something great. So before you talk about leaving and coming here, uh-huh. your family all came to see you, I'm assuming at some point. And how was that the first time your parents, let's start with your parents. No, they, no, no. That was kind of one of my gr- regrets actually is I was doing a them? show. Yep. I, uh, I was doing a show about three months before my dad passed away in the town that they were living in, and uh, they wanted to come out, and I had maybe, I was, I mean, I wasn't doing anything too dirty, but it was, uh, it was a comedy club that I just, I wasn't confident in doing well in. It was uh, kind of a smaller, trashier place, and I was like... When you're I on don't... your own, you're okay bombing. Yeah. But when you have to have people watch, you're yeah. like, wait, you're choosing to do this with yeah. your life? I yeah. didn't want them to see that. And then I actually ended up doing pretty well, unfortunately. And it would have been nice for him to see that. Uh, so he didn't see that. He, he did get to see me. I was in It's a Wonderful Life that same year. I like to do theater and stuff. So he did get to see me do, do that. But... Uh, but they never have seen me. They never seen you live. Live. Have they seen any of your tapes? Are you no nothing on YouTube? You don't put your stuff up. They don't. My mom doesn't know how to use. Okay. That. All right. Yeah. No. So they they never saw me. One of my brothers has seen me. Okay. Uh, 
And then one of my other brothers saw me when I very start when I started out doing the uh, uh, really off the wall stuff. Uh, he was like, "Don't ever do that again." Uh, I, just, I was just curious where the family <laughs> yeah, feedback and there do it is. That again. Yeah, he was like, oh, "Now was that when he was holding your hair back as you were throwing up in the toilet?" <laughs> you know, and yeah, <laughs> but it's uh the the process of coming, man. It's a weird uh, to 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 jump like that. It's a long. So we sold our house uh, last summer. Uh, you know, we'd had that for like five years. What does your wife do that that she was okay? Like, where's where's her world? Where I mean, this is a two person decision, obviously, because <laughs> right. you're together. So, what was the two person decision? Like, what was her plan then? Because you obviously had it, and then she had to buy into it, and then here mm-hmm. you guys come, right? Well, she's a she's a high school English teacher. Okay, in the high school that she went to, the town that she grew up in. So that's okay. pretty weird. Uh, but she also started uh, a theater company in her small town, okay. uh, which has become pretty successful and it's a very cool thing. Uh, so she's always been into the arts too. So okay. it wasn't really like that crazy of a stretch for her to be like, no, I understand. You know, she understands. She gets it. Yeah, the the need to to go grander. So has she just taken the kids on a field trip and they just haven't gone back yet? Uh, is that how you guys managed to get out here? Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, yeah they're the kids at are still Park right Okay, now. that's great. That's great. <laughs> yeah, big old bus. Yeah, how many how more we, years will this field trip be going on? You move in. <laughs> so yeah, so so she's so yeah, we we sold a house, lived in, moved in with the in laws for like six months to save money. That must have been fun. Uh, you know what? They are cool as shit. Okay, Couldn't smoke good. weed there, but that's okay. Did yeah. you live in the I basement? This that. is basement town. Right? We lived in we lived in like a spare bedroom. We slept on uh, my great grandparents' twin beds. So, I mean, metal springs, like Ooh. six months of that. Am I worth it, honey? <laughs> like, Wait, you guys were Dick Van Dyke and it's sleeping in separate beds? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. With and, always one foot on the floor. Uh, yep. So, so uh, and the, the t- town that she grew up in, it's, it's super small, like a thousand people. It's very much like, um, uh, what, what's the, Bedford Falls from yeah. His Wonderful Life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, there's this shack that the owner of the bank owns. And it's not the Mr. Potter, like the angry bank owner. He's a very nice, he's the George Bailey bank owner. There's this shack in this, uh, this town on Main Street, and he owns it. And uh, he, he knew that I was, you know, we're trying to move out here, make this happen, and, but we need to save some money. And uh, he was like, I tell you what, I'll basically let you live in this house for free. We just got to fix it up. I'm not kidding. Like the entire community came together to, to scrub the floors, paint the walls. Well, we're all going to help Joe, everybody. Dump. Yeah, take things Everyone. to the dump. <laughs> I, and then, uh, and then, and then ju- just to say the, how crazy the, the sacrifice is to, to do this. So we had saved up uh, money to, to go to Ireland because we never went on a honeymoon. I got um, uh, scammed out of $5,000 like uh. right before we got married. That's a that was a horrible story. This lady, she was like, "Oh, my parents' house is gonna get foreclosed upon." We this take- is somebody you knew. Yeah, I'd worked with this lady for like two months, and she saw a sucker. She said, "Oh her, man," she's like, "My parents' house is getting foreclosed on. I've got this money that's coming to." She clearly made up like this lawsuit. Um, you know that she was getting all this money. She's like, "I'll be able to pay you back next month if you can just take out a loan." I was like, "Well, I'm getting married, you know, like soon. I need this oh, money. Please God. make sure you pay me back." And so, of course, time comes and she... Oh, sorry. No, it's no, no, no. no. It's, this happens every, every week. Somebody calls my phone, my, uh-huh. my, my wristwatch, which goes to my phone, which eventually <laughs> calls on the show. So. So, so, yeah, so she gets this money and I never, you know, a couple months goes by. I'm not getting it back. Christmas comes by and she's like, the lawyers, they're screwing us over. You know, and now I don't have money for 
Christmas presents. You know, could we just borrow like fifteen hundred more dollars to get us through our kids' holidays so they can have a happy holidays? And we're like, all right. And then, oh my god, dude, so this goes by, and then no money. Six months goes by, still nothing. She's not contacting me anymore. So I have to. Where take is her. she? So she's she, gone from the job that you were working with her on. Uh, no, she was still around the job, still boldly enough, but just avoiding me. Um, and she'd always be like, well, hang on, I got that for you. I'll, I'll come and I'll get it to you, whatever. Uh, so I ended up having to take her to court like six months later, small claims. And she declares uh, bankruptcy. And because uh, I'm not a business, the court, you know, she doesn't have to pay me because that's not like a secured. But this debt. is a small town. So, well, this would have been, I was working in Peoria. So, like, the, the town I'm living in, though, is, like, right outside Peoria. Have you told the about. owner of the comedy club who she is? So Because it sounds like he's the guy. He's well, the guy that needs to know. Would you agree with that, John? Well, she's going to go fight her? She, she eventually, she did this to a couple other people. She eventually was put in jail for stealing somebody's credit card and, and doing that. Did she at least have a family? Well, I hope not, She actually, did have a family, the fact that unfortunately. Uh, and the husband didn't know about any of this because I eventually called him, and he was like, you gave my wife how much money? I mean, can you imagine like a yeah. guy giving your and you don't what know about What was she somebody? doing with the money? Or it doesn't even matter. I, you never got it anyway. He obviously yeah. never saw it. If that's who knows, you know. So that's shitty. So yeah, you, you so, obviously never saw. So this is so, so th- that was is this our one of the reasons why people decided to help was because of the story, or did they decide no, they to help because they know about your dad and no, they don't know. That was just my wife's just uh, really respected in the community she, because it was of everything more that your she's wife done. This time, you not, know, not and, your massage therapy. Yeah, yeah, not my <laughs> massage therapy. <laughs> that the boy who massaged my neck when he was <laughs> nine. That's they all finally came back. <laughs> so, so I yeah, had two so, Eric's from him. So there Whatever goes our honeymoon money. That we ne- so so now we have eventually, you know, years later, we've saved up, and my wife decides, you know, we were planning on going to Ireland, you know, this summer for our honeymoon, and she, you know, we decided to make this jump. She's like, you know what, we'll do. We can go to Ireland any other time. You got to go now. You, you know, you're 30. You, you got to start going now. So why don't we just use that money? We're going to go to Ireland. We'll pay off student loans. That way we can free up money so you can afford some rent there. And I can still, because she still has to finish up her teaching year there. She's still there in Illinois finishing out the school year. So that way we'll free up the money and you can go out there and we'll make this thing possible. So it's, it's a fucking difficult task to get out here sacrifices on everybody's end but but the question is uh with christmas right around the corner brian's kids uh they're not gonna have any money for toys oh yeah how much do you need if you could how much do you have just out of curiosity oh i can get a loan well if you could that would be just like 10 to 12 13 thousand it's for a bicycle it's just for bikes (laughs) you know how pissed up for for five years the first of the month i'd see that loan money come out of my Uh, checking account and and i'm just thinking like just a mat like oh my god just my wife seeing that too, like, mother bitch, motherfucker. So, um, all right. So you guys decide, and that, so this, and this is the decision, right? So after this, how long before you guys? So then, how long was it with the cleaning up the house, the trip to Ireland, and, and then hopping in a car? I'm assuming you guys drove here, you didn't fly here. I'm assuming you got in your car. Well, yeah, you, drove, you just drove up. Yeah, by I yourself. just drove by myself. Yeah, she's like I said, still there. But uh, for how long? Uh, Till the end of the school year, and, and unless. <laughs> I gotta get my. <laughs> Sorry, the cat is eating the podcast. Oh my god, that's oh hilarious! God. What a wackadoo. See, that's what that's where I gotta push myself because I need to find myself some work. Otherwise, she's gonna have to stay at least another semester and teach because we can't really afford to not have any right. income, income. Obviously, is she gonna so. try to what teach kind of out job? Here? Are, she she would. Yeah, she's looked into what she has to do, but it's a, it's a process. Like, there's gonna be definitely some time where she can't be working because of you know having to get Wait. a different teaching certificate because yeah, they don't. 
transfer states. They don't. Know? Yeah. So she would probably not be able to work for a little while. Yeah, not right away. No. Nope. Yeah. Like a year? Like it takes that long to get no, stuff? No, it would probably be... Because they let Patrick Keene... I don't know if you know him or not, but they yeah. let him sub. So I'm just oh, yeah. throwing that out there that uh, that if Patrick Keene is subbing, your wife should get a job. Jason Galern is a teacher. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> we could throw in a couple people that yeah, you, uh, you can't sub. Uh-huh. A lot it's of stand-up wacky sub. golf pants sub. So yeah. yeah, so let's let's do a fake job interview. John and I are uh, we own a we own a company yeah. um, that we sell massage stuff. So um, <laughs> what kind of job are you looking for? This is us not wanting to hire you, but we're just curious what kind of skills you have that if you're looking for a job out here, what would you do? In all seriousness, man, I—I uh, I mean, I'm—I'm I'm, I'm loving doing stand-up, but that's tough that, to make a living out I'm here. Sorry, you can't you do can, that. You no, can, but I'm—I'm I'm writing. I—I'm—I—if uh, uh, I, you had to do a regular job, yeah, uh, what would you? Bartender, busboy, regular barista. Job. I mean, I would go back to children Uber. counseling. Oh, children's counseling. Yeah, see, that's hey, the, you see, of course you're going. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. I drive an ice cream truck. Oh yeah, you would. Free ice cream, baby. Yeah. I'll bring my massage suit. Yeah, so, there we go. Ice cream bars and massages. <laughs> yep. Did you see that ice cream guy waving the dildo around at kids? Yeah, whatever. He says Uncle it's a massage. Uncle John's thing. gonna rub your milky full bellies. <laughs> so, <laughs> so your agenda coming out here is to yeah, get your, your to agenda? get into the comedy scene, right? Yeah, and then what? Um, weasel on in there. Weasel on, and I, I love I love acting and writing. So uh, eventually, it would be nice to uh, obviously commercial work would be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, sitcom stuff, Stay writing out of my life, being dude. in sitcoms. Uh, How has getting stage type been since you moved? To, and who did you know moving out here other than John? Um, you know that because of the jukebox, I've had a lot of help because okay. of all the yeah, people, people that, that have come met. through there. Um, and people have come through for me. I mean, I like, mean, so it's not broken promises. It's like no, you come out and here I'll and I'll say Mary Lynn Rice Cub. I'll, I'll, I'm not throwing a name under the bus. I want everyone to know she's the sweetest fucking lady. That's in the not world. under the bus. That would yeah, be that would be on the bus. The bus. Yeah. You're kicking it through the uprights at this point. Yeah, uh. she has helped me out beyond. I mean, she's taken me to all the places, introduced me to. Crazy people that I shouldn't be introduced to yet out here got me up at spots and, okay. and clubs, and uh, so it's been helpful. People, it's I didn't, you know, I did know people, but I couldn't have done it without people reciprocating the kindness. Are you enjoying the newbie effect that happens everybody when they first come into the comedy scene? Everybody's excited about the new guy. Have you noticed that? Uh, have you seen this Roderick kid? Yeah, and then like 10, 10 weeks in, they're like, "Well, yeah." I mean, eventually, of this Roderick eventually, kid. you got to you got to swim the with the stream back now. <laughs> got to pick your swim your stream, unfortunately, to swim with. But uh, yours will have pee in it. The- <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm. I am. It's uh, and you should enjoy it because it's a very short. The newbie thing is very short, so I just want to make sure that you're getting that because it's a very short lived but exciting it's like time. When you, to, when you go visit New York and they're like, they're like, I was like, oh hey man, how you doing? They're super happy you're there. Uh-huh. You do a weekend at you're there. You do a couple of shows. Everyone's like, all right, but you know if you were there like the next week, they'd be like, oh well, because still they want to huh? they want to see your stuff. They want to know what they, I mean. They, you know, because we've all seen each other's stuff, and it's like. At some point when you get in a circuit, you know, you have to find new ways to keep it fresh. But when a new guy comes down and you kind of like him, that's the newbie effect. You're excited. You want to watch the set. You want to see what they're all about. You see, you want to see if they got the balls to stay in town. You want to see how they handle. Cause a massage. Big, yeah, exactly. A you know, massager. So that kind of stuff. So I'm just curious, like, what your experience has, outside of yeah. uh, people hooking well, you up, what your experience has been with meeting strangers. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been, uh, it's been night, like, uh, Last week, just to throw another helpful name out there, Chris Catan uh, got me up at Flappers last Monday, uh, which again that was 
shouldn't have been there. It was a showcase night, and people were there doing their best of the best. And and, and you that, weren't. And well, no, <laughs> I, Joe's, no. Joe's like, I like to turn in a mediocre set when yeah. everyone else is well, bringing their A game. Well, you know what was cool is. <laughs> I kind of, yeah. I mean, everyone was real stressed and nervous because I guess there was industry there, industry night, or I don't know what it was, but the head of his agency was there. And so everyone's doing, you know, real straight stuff. And I was like, well, let's just have fun. So I went up there and uh, I got like a little mime stripping bit that I like to do. And I, and uh, it's been fun to see that because of how cool Dan was at the jukebox to allow me to just become a, just be comfortable being weird and playing on stage. It's it's pretty different. Uh, okay. It's it's not you know because by the end of the show I was this last I was second last to go up so everyone's kind of tired mm-hmm. and exhausted and they've seen setup punch setup punch setup. The guy punch. who was last was probably happy you went up ahead of him because uh, you probably brought the energy up a little, huh? I, yeah, I hope so. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, that was nice. It was uh, okay. I can uh, maybe I can maybe I can do this. Maybe I can squeeze in here. Without naming a place, have you had at least one shitty gig where you're like, "Ooh, oh, there's not a lot of these ones out here." Yeah, yeah, yeah. What yeah. kind of was it? A bar gig? Was it a What's like? What address? kind of gig was it? <laughs> <laughs> Don't name it. What's the address? No, but just the type of gig. Yeah, the yeah. type of gig it was. Yeah, just the yeah the. T- typical bar gig that you don't need to do and what you say that you you're going to do it because you're manic when you accept shows sometimes you're like well of course like i have to do i have to do comedy well yeah are you you get there and you're like this is not helping anything the problem is some people you know you become you get stuck in the trap of being a gig counter so you're like well i should be at least doing like seven to ten gigs a week and so then you don't really you're not eliminating the shitty ones that you could have done to a brick wall in your own home versus the ones where you're like oh i gotta go out there because there's a social aspect of i gotta gotta meet everybody because you never know what this guy's running this crappy room eventually run a better room like there's no, all these things that, i hate networking yeah that, that's gonna be how i fail well is, yeah i, I, was gonna say, I, thanks for, I, um, I don't like bullshitting you and my cat will be as successful mm-hmm. uh, cat's like i'm gonna lick my fucking foot what do you think <laughs> oh look at him look at ah, you're a freak but you're enjoying it but yeah 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 and definitely. are you do you have your own place or are you are you uh couch uh, couch surfing yeah no i'm sleeping on my friend's couch right mm-hmm. now the same one since you got here same one since how's I got that here? working out for you great he was my best man Okay. Um, still is, I hope. Still is. Okay. And and I haven't been around too much. You know, I've been out okay. and about. I just was gone for a week. I went back and you talk about being gig whores. I don't count them, but I do just accept crazy ones for fun, weird stories and times. Like I just did a high school after prom in the middle of nowhere in Illinois at three AM. Uh, These are called high school after proms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Sounds like a rave. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh Joe got me the weirdest gig I ever had. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, when I went there with Henry. Oh, wait a minute. I think, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, think I, no, it was when I came back to Headline. He was like, we had already met. And he was like, hey, man, I think he p- you picked me up at the airport or something. Uh-huh. And they were like, hey, dude, so, uh, oh, I might have driven down. I can't remember, but the first time I, you're like, hey, man, I got this thing. If you want to do it uh, on Saturday, too, in the afternoon, we could do a gig. I'm like, oh, yeah, sure, afternoon. He's like, well, it's in my grandmother's nursing home. Yes. And I was like, uh, you know what? Yeah, let's do that. Because like you just said, when the fuck else am I going to get to perform at a nursing home? And and you know what? he goes, you just have to do like five minutes. I was like, oh, yeah, this seems worth it. Over and over and over again. Right. So we got there and literally it was so funny because his, his grandmother was like happy to see him. And then like they wheel all these people into the room. And, uh, and literally there was, they, they were there. They gave him free pudding cups. They were all literally there for the pudding cups. <laughs> like one lady finished her pudding cup and threw it on the ground like a drunk asshole finishing a beer at a keg party. She was she like, done. She finished it. She was like, she was like I want to go back to my room. Like, 
Nobody was there for the comedy, so they really didn't even understand what we were doing holding a microphone and trying to talk. Yeah, there's, I was just showing uh, him a picture of you in front of the, uh, the crowd. Yeah, the crowd. Yeah. They, they nearly there is an old man uh-huh. folding his arms in a wheelchair <laughs> looking away from you. Yeah, that and sums up the so show. And he is so disappointed. That sums and up the And you haven't show. even made it there yet, and he's already had enough. You know... Uh, I just accidentally ran. Why did you? Can I let, again? Don't don't try to skate past these things. Uh, and, uh, how does this even? How did? I mean, listen. I, here's the thing. My my dad performs at uh, at these homes, and I and I and I and I, and I don't I don't want to pretend like ah ha ha fuck old people because I feel no, horrible no, no. that these people just are left and forgotten. They're not. I mean, there's there's people there that care. Joe but my forget. point uh-uh. my point is though, my dad always told me he's like I just go in there and like my dad like sings and stuff like that for them, and he goes like it's just. They they're so appreciative. Even sometimes when they are pretending that they're not, mm-hmm. um, they're so appreciative that anybody gives. Even a if it shit. gives them something to complain yeah. about, it's, yeah, it's, it's, exactly. you know what I mean. So, like my dad used to go in and show Laurel and Hardy movies at, at this yeah. old folks' home, and they fucking loved it. So, yeah. so I guess, so what, but what made you think that they were going to like you and John? Well, that, that was that was a good idea. Well, I already knew that old people liked me. Uh, because well, stand up is a different. Pretty thing. confident, right? Yeah. Uh, that, no, because this I, is, that's because you're bringing you're, mas- you're you're massaging them. That's but now we're crowd. talking about comedy. So I used to uh, I I used to take my guitar and and go like when I was in college and stuff. I would go to the nursing homes and play for them, and I would like bring little music so they could sing along. And sometimes I would write my own song. And then like I remember I had this backstory. It was like the song was called Bell of the Ball. And uh, I was like, I, I've never seen this song before, but I was up in my grandpa's attic and I found it in an old chest, so I printed it off and everyone sang along to this made-up old song, like, you're my wootsie tootsie fruitsie. <laughs> fucking hilarious, dude. So I always had fun with it and, and they love it. Like you said, you don't really have to do much. And uh, so it's kind of one of those things where I, uh, since it was, it was my wife's grandparents that were there, Oh, um, okay, yeah, that's what it was. So, so since they were there, I kind of wanted. I was like, "Well, this would be a nice thing. I can easily continue um, to go there." And and so I don't know if they asked me or if I brought it up, uh, but I was like, "Yeah, sure, I'll do a, a comedy night at two p.m." <laughs> you guys should have done vaudeville. You should have yeah. went up together, is what you realize in hindsight. Well, right? we basically Probably. did because I talked to him from where I was standing, the stage. It looks like the caretakers are in there though too. So it's not like the oh, yeah. average age was pie. I mean, there no, but were the some people are in there that... being like, "Hey, don't throw your damn pudding cup on the goddamn ground. What's wrong with you? Pick that shit up." This like, is while you were trying to tell a joke. Yeah, well, okay, good. Yeah, there was just people that were not into the comedy. Oh, I sang some white play. stripes. I didn't say I'm not doing all comedy. I'm, I'm bringing some music. Well, to you this know too. how to play guitar. You should have just bailed and just sang t- songs as well. I mean, if it or, or did you just do it for the experience? <laughs> okay, fair enough. I, no, look. I just did it for the experiment. I mean, it was fun. It was funny, really. Okay, I wanted to show you, since this is Mother's Day and we really haven't talked about my mom. All right, so uh, I want to bring this up because I saw this. So there I am in seventh grade. You do know this is a podcast, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I'm right, showing right, a picture. a black and white photo. Yeah, black and white photo from the newspaper. Go. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's me, seventh grade, uh, standing next to Parmeed Vakil, and I'm in first place. It was the Daughters of the American Revolution essay contest, uh. and I won uh, with an essay that my mom wrote for me. Oh, and uh, and I didn't. It was funny. Is this was the second contest? My mom had gotten third place in the first contest, and so she was, and like, she was like, "I'm like, gonna fuck this. <laughs> I'm getting first. I'm not being beaten by a kid." So who who keeps <laughs> so, the trophy? So so I have the trophy, and I have to read this this lie in front of the daughters of the American Revolution. I'm reading words that I don't understand and can't pronounce correctly. You're like, but that kid, Parmeed Vakil, that's standing next to me, the second place 
Mary's Daughter of the American Revolution essay winner there. He is curing AIDS now in Africa. Oh. So what could have been if well, I had just if your mom written my own essay? Let, well, you probably wouldn't have won, dude, and we, you wouldn't even have that picture. Who knew and we that? wouldn't know what Parkin Vahinid was up to because he'd be doing his thing without your knowledge. Who knew that Peoria was, or this area of Illinois was such a hotbed of changing the world? Yeah, and then Joe moves to Los yeah. Angeles. And, and, and there's Joe. <laughs> then there's massage, door-to-door massage yeah. salesman. Would you like to buy a dildo? Would you like to buy a vibrator? So back to the door-to-door thing, because um, we never really covered it, did we? So what were you selling door-to-door? No, I, I mean, it was just massages. I was just, I had a, you saw the menu. Oh, yeah. so you know, there was never a future door-to-door salesman, Joe. No, I mean, Joe. I think where it came from is I went to a Catholic grade school, and they used to, every year, they would have us uh, sell magazines and cassettes yeah. door-to-door. You know, nobody does that anymore, right? Which is, yeah, which is insane. For, for me, going door-to-door at like seven, eight years old, and I'm signing up people for magazines, yeah. subscriptions. Yeah. Well, how do you want to pay for this? I don't yeah. want to pay a yeah. seven-year-old, that's I, for sure. Yeah, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't. I every once in a while, people come to my door, and I'm like, "This door to door shit is over." So whatever yeah. you're trying to scam me on, get the fuck out of there's, here because there's, there's one, no such thing. There's one old Go. guy who comes, and he's he's legit. He works for a I'm talking uh, about kids. Yeah, he works for a shelter that he just he like anything you can give, he takes it. Over. My whole thing is if a kid comes to the door, like a high school kid, I'm like, get the fuck out of here. If your parents if your parents encourage you this, then your parents are trying to get you killed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm always like, hey, do you want to come in and go to the basement? Yeah, see? And there, he doesn't have a basement because you know back. there's no basements in L.A. So, I mean, I'm telling you, that's the kind of shit, right? You got to know. You got to know. This, this is for you, too. You need to know this, Joe. If someone invites you into their house to go hang out in the basement, Joe. There's no you're basements new. here? You're new. You're going to really. die. You're here to there's die. Some. I mean, this is technically a basement. Well, it's a pretend. Well, yeah, except if, if your basement goes right back out to the backyard. Where do you go yeah. for tornadoes? What tornadoes? Joe. Do you Joe's guys have hurricanes? No, we drink hurricanes. Yeah, we drink hurricanes. Just yeah. earthquakes. We go to Margaritaville. Okay, earthquakes and spiders. Have Yo. you felt an earthquake since you've been here? I have, oh yeah, I, really I thought haven't. I ran somebody over one time. I was backing up a car that I wasn't familiar with. I was like, oh my god, I hit somebody. And then I look up and everybody's running out of buildings. I was like, oh. And I get out of my car and the ground is still moving. I was like, uh oh. Wait, you felt a real one. See, Wait, I, I've never felt anything. Brian, how long have you lived here? Sixteen years. And you've never I felt, felt they a happen. Bunch of them. I can't. I can't. I don't know they're happening. Huh. Well, I was playing okay. the first one you I ever. If felt. that makes any sense, like you I don't to, know. I've never. You have to be. It's it, it's gonna. You'll you'll you either know when you're in one or you won't because it just it doesn't. It, I haven't been a part of one that's been crazy enough. Like where there's no no swing. Most earthquakes are like shake 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 like that. And so if you're like in a part of your house that's not that stable in the first place, and it kind of when you walk it shakes a little bit or whatever, or a mm-hmm. truck drives by and shakes your house. You don't know you're in an earthquake, so you kind of miss it. So nobody freaks out about them here. Yo, no, 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 no. People, people freak people out. Freak I just out. don't know. Like, the first oh. one that I ever I was should ever be here freaking for, out, and I'm doing nothing. Okay. The, the first one I was ever here for, I was in like a 40 story, the 44 of this building downtown working as a temp, and my buddy called me from our, our apartment. He was like, dude, did you feel that? And I was like, no. He's like, we just had a pretty big earthquake. And I was like, because the building kind of always swayed a little bit when you were up there anyway, so I was like, I didn't feel anything. The second time, though, we were playing Uno probably like, being weirdos and uh and the whole our whole apartment like we had a ground level like a split level thing but we were on the ground floor and the whole thing went up like a wave and it just rolled under me and then sat me back down i was like what the fuck was that my buddy's like sat me back we just because it was like we kind of you kind of went up with the wave and then you came like the whole my chair moved and everything and then i sat back down and my buddy's like we just had an earthquake i was like what so we turned on the tv and they're like i i'm 4.6 whatever and you're like holy shit Wow. So, Look I mean, forward you know, to that. Yeah. I mean, sure. 
Have you been? Have you been? Like I remember getting stuck in a twister, like literally where I was oh, trying to ride Midwest? my bike home. Yeah, and it, I hit a wall of wind, and it it threw me back. And then I just watched everything in front of me, just kind of just trees just start ripping out from its roots. And the funny thing is, I was too stupid. You know, there's that age where you're just too stupid to really understand yep. the dangerous situation that you're in. Yeah, yeah. even like when you see, even when you see something like our, at our house, we had a camper that we used to take up north to go. Uh, you know, camping in, and I watching that go up in the air, spin in circles, and then land back down, and have me going, man, come on, I just want to get to the house. Like, you know what I mean? What? Like, not smart enough to be like, yeah, maybe I should be fucking biking as fast as possible to get the hell out of there. But no. I just stood there. And, I just stood there and watched the whole thing yeah, play a out. Piece of hay could get tossed, and that Anything. can go through a tree. Yeah, uh, that Anything. was my mom. A piece of your hair could go yeah. through a human skull. It's like, crazy. Huh, tornadoes are terrifying. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I really haven't had any. I've been part of any natural disasters, which I'm totally fine with. No, we, but in the Midwest, we're not that afraid of them. Like uh, right before I left, I was doing a podcast with with Dan, the owner of the jukebox. So you're saying everybody does them? That's fine. Just, uh, everyone yeah. does them. So you do other podcasts, uh-huh. and you just, this is no big special deal for uh-huh. you. Okay. What? Okay. And, just just uh, remember the Letterman Leno thing. Okay? Oh, Leno. All right. oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, remember they wouldn't. You couldn't go on one or the other. Yeah, you can't so. have a podcast of your own and come on our podcast. Yeah. So we're pretty much. Oh shit! My bad. Well, so, this is thanks over. for coming. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for having me. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, so the tornado sirens go off, and uh, instead of like looking for cover, he and I are like, "Oh, cool, let's go look at it." So I, I get the uh, maybe the casual fascination, yeah. But now there's enough videos on YouTube to go moments before this person took there, moments after this the video. Person, yeah, this dead. person was killed. Two we found this phone three states over. Yeah. yeah. You know, of the video. embedded into a phone pole. By the way, I don't want to forget, and I can't remember if we've ever um, brought this guy up before, but um, uh, uh, early morning brew is always like kind of a big champion of our show. Yes, Have we ever yeah. acknowledged him before on the on the uh, show. Or? I don't know. I don't. Anyway, know. Uh, do you know him personally? Uh, I th- I think. All right. Anyway, he's always a big. Uh, he's always on us. He's always always what, a big. What's fan. the name though attached to the Stephen? Yeah. No, actually, I don't think I. Uh, I don't think we've ever met personally. But if I'm wrong anyway, about that, I just want to, you know, I, I felt like we've acknowledged many other people. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, he's great. We really appreciate the retweets and comments and the interaction. Yeah. And he's always yeah, been a for sure. For sure. A big supporter of the show. So so where what do you got what do you got going on? I mean, are you gonna be doing a lot of games? And we'll have you back again in like a year when you're like beaten down already and you yeah. want to leave LA. Oh, yeah. yeah, like your exit interview. Your wife has left <laughs> you for a successful comedian. <laughs> yeah. Uh what do I got coming up? You know, I uh I so I have a podcast, Stand Up Chronicles. We'll edit this out. Yeah, um, and uh, and I've been finding a hard time uh, getting comics because when I was at the jukebox, because I used to just record it out of the jukebox. So it, every comedian that comes through there, I would have them on. So I had some ridiculous guests last year, and then I get out here and I'm like, oh man, I, this is really hard to just get people on my own that don't have to be there like you're stuck in Peoria fucking I might as well right, what, do yeah. this podcast but right. here it's like I've got so many other cool things so <laughs> so so this week I'm going to release uh my uh, my album I guess my stand up album oh, okay. uh, because I realized that I would never make a CD I just can't see myself wanting to haul around a bunch of Wait, CDs. you're just going to talk out your whole set no, no, and no. release it as a podcast? I I already recorded the shows about 2 months ago. When you say you're releasing it, you're going to iTunes it? I don't understand about that. I'm not going to I'm gonna just going to release it on the podcast, on the Stand Up Chronicles. Oh, I see. Um, so, so it I will be on do, iTunes per se. So but it it's will be, be on a, iTunes, yeah. Uh, uh, but no, I'm not releasing it for pay or anything like that. I just Because you figured, don't deserve to be paid? I don't understand. What are you doing? Come on, man. What am I doing? I don't Keep know. Keep it a secret and then charge for it. Yeah. Maybe I'll do that. Maybe I'll, I'll put so it on not for a week and then delete it. Yeah. Make them hungry for it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. 
so so that yeah so that'll be uh coming out on mother's day okay but yeah just the stand-up chronicles and then you know we, we could be guests or whatever we're, we're comics yeah you want to I mean, why don't you just do like what some of our other guests are like? They're like, hey, man, when you guys are done, can we just turn this off and we can just record um, my yeah. show? With yeah, your we've stuff done that and before. Then, and have then you really? Yeah, yeah, and I yeah. do. And then I have to, I have to email them their yeah. their show. It's funny. <laughs> I don't care. It's it's easy. It's already rolling. But <laughs> no. Well, this is great. This is a good uh, when, when, launching off point. Um, yeah. You you have some pretty bizarre life stories. I hope. I hope you are, and you don't have to say yes or no to this, but I hope in some somewhere deep inside you, you've got a couple great movies about what your what your life was growing up, and even if it's not about you, if it's about your dad, it's pretty amazing. You even know, these are like stories that baby CIA. <laughs> no, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Get like, the cottage there's, there's, cheese, son. You have you have stuff, <laughs> man, and, and I, I hope in some way, shape, or form, you know, uh, it's. I, I know a lot of this stuff couldn't be told until after the fact, which is why you're finding out about a lot of it. But I hope you're chronicling a lot of that. As absolutely, well. yeah, absolutely, yeah. I definitely want people to know because he uh, he's just a great example for you. Don't have to be somebody. You don't have to be in a big city. You can be nobody from a small town and not just create. Uh, change in your area, not just create a change in your country, but create a change in the world. So, so that's a, a definitely something that I want to get out there. Yeah, you don't have to be famous or rich to be a great person. Right. Yep. So true. So, before all of you say Bernie Sanders is done, mm-hmm. just make sure that you change politics, even if Bernie Sanders doesn't become president. That's the way I look at that. Is yeah. anybody can do anything, and there there needs to be change all the way. You know, what your dad is doing, and I'm saying the Bernie Sanders thing kind of like half sarcastically, but I actually do like what he's doing, which is the guy's kind of like, yeah, fuck it, I'm 74 years old, and yeah, a lot of people haven't been listening to me for fucking years, but that doesn't mean that I've been right the whole time. I've never flip flop once. <laughs> but it's, not, it's it's not even that. Like, I, you, you remove everything else from it. At the end of the day. When you look back on your life, be like, did I try to do anything? And I mean, I look at that's why I always make fun of myself because I really have yet to really try to do anything, but because I have kids, I have to start thinking about it. And it's just like, it's just be reasonable. I mean, is there anything wrong with every human being wanting to live a decent life and be happy? And a lot of that is kind of that when you're starting to talk about your dad, I'm like, that's kind of your dad's basic thing here is like, the fuck? Everybody was born. Everybody should get a decent shot at life they don't need to be fucked mm-hmm. and we don't need to we don't need to pretend like well i gotta take care of my kids i don't i can't think about other people and that's that's kind of the thing when I, why why i was so attracted to the beginning of your story with your dad is because it's like he not only took care of his family and cared about his family but he was like he cared about strangers he thought there was nothing wrong with and, and, and you do too yeah, and, the, and that was nice too. Was John like, just passed out. Like I said, the uh, so so the family you know that where the slave comes, they were the Islamic extremists, and and she was, uh, which was so cool to see growing up as a kid is is she was Muslim herself, my older sister, and you know, and so just to see that openness. My dad was an Episcopal priest, and. She's sitting there, you know, teaching me how she's praying and how she's facing towards Mecca when she's praying, and uh, so yeah, growing up and seeing that non-judgmental, just it's humans. We're all people. We're all in this together. Beliefs, no matter what, we just want to live happy lives. Yeah. So let's just make it happen. You don't got much time. Figure it out. Yeah. You know. Think globally. Act locally. 
Whose catchphrase is that? I don't know, like an Earth Day phrase, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I saw it on a t-shirt once. <laughs> it makes sense, It's though. on the back of a Pringles can. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we've seen a few of those from massages. You know what I'm saying, you guys? Yeah. All right, anything else, Johnny B? Uh, no, man. Thanks a lot for uh, doing the show. Appreciate yeah, thanks it. for having we'll me. Have you, like I said, we'll have you on again. Um, right. Thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate the support. Have a great Mother's Day. Do something nice for your mom. Yeah, very special Mother's Day episode. Well, tonight. there was a little bit. We did talk about butt fucking for two seconds. You're right. There isn't a Mother's Day episode, but we do say Happy Mother's Day anyway. Sure. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Yeah. Happy Mother's yeah. Day, Mom. Thanks for listening, Ma. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe 